Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Thursday, April 15th. Normally, we would say tax day or the Ides of April. Uh, Well, it is the Ides of April, but it is not tax day. You have another month and two days uh, if you are hearing this and for the first time realize you have not done your taxes. But you didn't tune into this podcast to hear anything about your taxes. How about we listen to the Word of God? Going to jump back to Acts of the Apostles today. Um, uh, Could have stayed in John 3 toward the end of that chapter, but again, uh, kind of, I think, a repeat of things we've already talked about. So I want to uh, do an update on what what the early church is looking like. And so we're going to go on Acts chapter 5, verses 27 to 33. Let's break open God's Word together today. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. When the court officers had brought the apostles in and made them stand before the Sanhedrin, the high priest questioned them. We gave you strict orders, did we not, to stop teaching in that name? Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and want to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles said in reply, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus, though you had him killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to grant Israel repentance and forgiveness of sins. We are witnesses of these things, as is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they became infuriated and wanted to put them to death. My friends, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So in uh, this Easter season, gosh, I want to say, maybe throughout the entirety of the Easter season, but if not, the, the, certainly the vast majority of it, the first reading is from Acts of the Apostles. And I think a lot of times I'm going to jump back to this because, again, I think that whole idea of the effects of the resurrection uh, is so important, not just for our history in the early church because it helped form us and, and who we are, but because the effects of the resurrection need to be seen not only historically in the early church, but in our lives as well today, in the history we are living today. We celebrated the resurrection less than two weeks ago that still continues to happen in our lives. And how do those effects take place within us? Let's give a little background, if I can, about what what has happened since the last time we, uh, we talked about uh, Acts of the Apostles, which was a couple of days ago. So this is Acts 5. I believe we were in Acts 4. And in Acts 4, already, they had um, uh, drawn lots for a 12th apostle. Uh, the man of three names, Matthias, you remember, was one of the three, and he got drawn uh, the the uh, assumption or the assumption the ascension of Christ uh, took place, and uh, and the community of believers was one heart and mind. We heard that, but also um, Peter and John um, had uh, 
uh, already healed a, a sick man, and we talked about that on on Tuesday as well. And so the community, and and by the way, Peter and John were imprisoned for what they were doing. Uh, they were questioned. I believe, if memory serves, they were uh, flogged or whatever. I, I don't know if it was scourged or beaten. Um, and they were praising God because they got to uh, to suffer on behalf of Christ and released. But uh, all this has taken place within the first five chapters. Well, the apostles continued to teach in the temple area. And, um, you know, wherever they went, uh, it said people even tried to bring out their sick so the shadows of Peter would fall on them. Again, we see the ascendancy of Peter as, as the, the primacy among the 12 at this time and among the believers. And uh, they, the apostles, were all imprisoned uh, because of that. But... And this was just like the day before this reading took place. They were all imprisoned because they continued to teach in Jesus's name. And that's what the Sanhedrin didn't want to have happen. So they were all imprisoned because of it. An angel came during the night and opened the doors and just allowed them to go. Now, they could have done one of two things. They could have simply gone and um, hidden and been safe. But they didn't do that. You know what they did? They went back to the temple area and were teaching. So it's like the next morning, the guards went to the cell, realized it was open. And then at the same time, it's like somebody else comes in and says, oh, yeah, you know those guys we were holding on to? Those guys that were in the prison cell? Yeah, they're back in the temple teaching again. It's almost like a comedy sketch going on here. And so they bring him in again and they imprison them again. And that's where this reading takes place. When the court officers had brought the apostles in and made them stand before the Sanhedrin, the high priest questioned them, we gave you strict orders, did we not, to stop teaching in that name? Yet you filled Jerusalem with with your teaching and want to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles say in reply, we must obey God rather than men. And, And he says, listen, you're the one who killed him, hanging him on a tree. And he tells the story. But a couple of things are happening here, right? First of all, they show what resurrection looks like, the effects of the resurrection. Remember, these were the people that were hiding in the upper room. This was the man, not only who denied Jesus three times. This was the man, and and all of them, hiding behind locked doors that we heard just this last weekend um, on, on Easter Sunday, right? On Easter Sunday night, they were behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. And we're still behind locked doors, the descent of the, of the Holy Spirit in, in Acts 2, and how that transformed them, that they couldn't keep it inside, that they poured out into the streets. That was the transforming thing, that event of being filled with the Holy Spirit, that they could be inside no longer. We were afraid, but no longer are we such. And now we are spilling forward onto the streets and proclaiming the name of Jesus. They even talk about this, you know, how we are witnesses of these things. We've talked about witnesses all this week, right? Uh, We are witnesses of these things, as is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. I mean, the, the presence of the Spirit now becomes so important. You know, Jesus talked a little bit about the Spirit and the Advocate that he was going to send him, but it wasn't primary, front and center. In Acts of the Apostles, the Holy Spirit becomes primary. 
because now it is the Spirit of God working through the early church, working through the effects of resurrection, becoming new. So we see Peter becoming new and standing up. Peter and the apostles all being brave. They didn't hide. They went to the, to the temple again and were teaching. And, uh, and he stands before them and says, listen, this is the reality. I'm not, I'm not going to say this man's blood was on somebody else. I'm going to hold up a mirror to what your actions were, knowing that that could cost him his life right there. But it doesn't. They want to kill him. They get infuriated, don't they? But he's no longer under the auspices of fear. He's no longer, he's no longer held in that cell. Now he's, he's experiencing the effects of resurrection and the effects of the Holy Spirit, and he is naming reality holding it up. And how people react to that is how they react to it. But more importantly, even than, than the bravery that we see, no longer the fear, but the bravery, we see his, his embrace of truth. And I love this line, we must obey God rather than men, rather than humanity. <sighs> Brothers and sisters, what is that acting principle in your life and in my life that you and I must obey? Because there is one. There's always something around which our actions, our attitudes, our thoughts, our vision is going to um, revolve. Is it security? Security is not a bad thing. I'm not, ta- I'm not saying we shouldn't be secure. But is that the thing that, that, that drives our decision-making? Um. Is it to go along, to get along, to use a Father Carl term? Um, Not necessarily that that's peace, because it's not. But uh, not true peace, anyway. But it's a lack of conflict, I guess. Is is that maybe what drives us? Um, You know, is it uh, pleasure? Pleasure's not a bad thing. You know, God made us sensory so we can experience pleasures in our life. Is that what drives us? It didn't drive them. Again, those can all be subsets. Those can all be uh, tertiary and secondary. But are they primary? And and for Peter and the apostles, we must obey God, God rather than you, rather than you sitting here in front of us. Yeah, you gave us strict orders, but we must obey God rather than you. How would you like to hear that in a situation <laughs> as a parent? <laughs> what if your kids said that to you? How would you like to be the one saying it in the midst of a hostile group, knowing that you saying this could cost you not only your life, but the lives of all those around you. But yet you're naming the truth of the situation. What are we sold out for? You know, Nico, Nikos Kazantzakis, I, I, I'm even butchering that last name, Kazantzakis, Nikos Kazantzakis. Oh. So Nikos is a, is a Greek Orthodox, and he, and he was a writer back in the day. I suspect he's passed away. Um, but when I say back in the day, uh, the 60s would have been, I think, his, uh, his uh, wheelhouse. And if you ever saw the movie Last Temptation of Christ, the movie was okay. 
Uh, but the book was is is wonderful and and deep. And Nikos was a, a wonderful deep reader writer. He also wrote, if I remember correctly, Azorba the Greek. But he read he wrote another um, called uh, Letters to Greco, Report to Greco, and in it he describes three kinds of Christians. So this is these are Nikos words, not mine. The first says, "I'm a bow in your hands, Lord." Draw me lest I rot. The second says, Do not overdraw me, Lord, I shall break. The third says, Overdraw me, and who cares if I break? Brothers and sisters, the apostles clearly were in the third. Which one are we in? Draw me, Lord, use me lest I rot. Yes, lest I just sit here and do nothing. Don't overdraw me, Lord, for fear that that I may break. Overdraw me, Lord. Who cares if I break? What is it we serve? What is it we serve? What is it that, that invites us and the decisions we make and the person we are. Our God invites the effects of resurrection and the witness therein uh, to point to him. And to do so, my friends, there's only one animating object that can allow us or can invite us, can, can help us participate in that, and that is the Holy Spirit. And I suspect for these next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit quite a bit. Let's pray. So we begin again, my friends, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The fourth joyful mystery, the presentation in the temple. This is when Jesus was yet an infant, the presentation in the temple. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, thanks for uh, joining and breaking open God's Word with me today. Bless you. Bless the rest of your Thursday. I look forward to us being back together again tomorrow. God's peace.